Welcome to Community Cocktails with Kimberly, hosted by Kimberly Woodard, a realtor who's been selling homes in North Texas with more than 21 years of experience. Join her every first and third Wednesday of the month as she meets with top community leaders, local businesses, and real estate industry experts to help you get to know the area you want to call home. Don't just love your home, love your community. And now your host, Kimberly Woodard. Welcome viewers to this episode of Community Cocktails with Kimberly. Yes, I am in a different set today. I'm a little bit different to give you a little bit of spice and change um, for my podcast. Um, But today's topic is going to be so fun and so interesting. So those that are sitting, you know, kind of maybe you were tossing the idea of buying investment properties, tune in now because you are going to get so much information from my friend Tamara here. Nice to see you. It's so good to see you. Thank you for having me on your show, Kimberly. Oh, definitely, definitely. Well, it's a little switch because I was on hers. Yes, <laughs> yes. We've had a couple of opportunities to be on each other's shows, so it's great. So yes, well, let's talk about investment properties. And you yeah. yourself own several mm-hmm. investment properties. Um, and so you're like our investment purchaser guru. <laughs> Well, I think I'm a good person with you, when you're starting out to try to figure out what to do, right? Yes, yes. And so let's talk about from the beginning. Sure. When you first you know got into it, how did you just you know how did you decide and you know that this was the time to get in? Sure. It's it's you know I'm already in real estate, right? right. So yeah. I work for a title company. I'm in real estate all of the time. So when I bought my first house, any house that I buy, I look at it. Can it be a future rental? Yeah. So I always kind of had it back in the in the back of my mind. I didn't know when that was going to happen or. But I did know that I needed to, I wasn't the most, I wasn't the most responsible person when I was younger. <laughs> so I didn't have this big retirement plan right. in place and I knew I needed to play catch up. Right. Yes. And so how can you build wealth quickly? Yes. And in, and in a safe in a safe environment. To me, yes. it's safe. Real estate is safe. Oh, there's fluctuations, there's up and yes. downs, it, but it's also long-term investment. So you're not looking at, I'm not looking at short-term gains, right? So I can weather an up or down in the real estate market. And so when I bought my first house, I knew at some point I was going to turn it into a rental. Okay. And I did that in 2016 Okay, is when I left that house. And that was my first rental. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think that's a great plan, especially we've got a lot of people, you know, they're, you know, oh my gosh, you know, I don't have enough, you know, for, you know, retirement and real estate is, I mean, you look at the stock market, it goes up and down and, you know, and I don't know anything about, I mean, I know very little about the stock market. So I like to play in the sandbox. I know. Right. And real estate is always, I mean, even though sometimes, yes, we've had, you know, some ups and downs in the market, it's not as much. And, um, usually it weathers on, See, there's always a demand in here in North Texas. I mean, there is a consistent demand. Yes. I mean, there is, you know, 20 plus new cars on the Collin County um, Highway every day. Every day. (laughs) And I can tell. (laughs) Well, and if I was 20 years old again or 25 years ago, if I was 25 years old again, I would I would implement that philosophy. Buy a house, live in it for a year, go buy something else, rent that one out because it's a great way to capitalize on conventional financing with a lower interest rate, you know, investment interest rates are higher. You got to put more money down. And so if I was 25, but I have, I'm a Texas girl through (laughs) and through. I have way too much stuff. Okay. It is not easy for me to move. My dad told me I could fill up a house faster than anybody. (laughs) And he's not wrong. So I don't do that anymore. But, but there are strategies that I've been able to implement since buying that first one or renting out that first one. Well, I think let's talk about, you know, 
you know, getting into like diving in. Mm-hmm. What was, you know, some of the first things you considered? Okay, you know, yes, I'm going to live in this home, you know, this year for a year, two years, you know, I don't know, five years. Um, you know, how were you able to take that, um, you know, build a nest egg so you could do the next step of sure. being able to hold that house, feel comfortable that you're going to rent it and then buy that next house? So there's a um, a, a rental st- a strategy yes. is called the Burr method. Yes. Um, buy, renovate, rent, refi, repeat. Okay. And so after that first one, I mean, you've got to have a lot of capital to get into another house because right. it's 20% down yep. plus the closing costs, plus any ad- yep. re- repairs, plus the, the um, hold time between buying it and renting it. Yep. So um, I implemented... I didn't know what it was at the time. I just happened to be doing it. And then somebody told me there was a method. And I was like, (laughs) okay, cool. I'm doing it right. So I implemented the Burr. I have implemented the Burr method and it works really well for me. So I buy a house. It needs a little bit of renovation. I renovate it. I put a renter in it. In six months to a year, I cash out, refi it. And then that gives me the capital I need to go do it again. Right? Okay. Um, That worked really well until interest rates shot up and (laughs) became double what they are now. So (laughs) everything's locked in that three point. Yes. Five, 3.75% interest rate. Right. And so it, I, I had to find some alternative methods to keep going. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I think we all did. Well, on the you know flip side, your rents um, probably were able to increase on some of those properties. They were. So, so that was, you know, a good thing, even though, you know, interest rates, you know, kind of maybe offset some of that um, on that. Um, so let's talk about, you know, we talked about you getting in, um, started some of the challenges you have seen um, as you've started, you know, this process of buying investment properties. Yeah, I took some notes and it was like challenges. <laughs> oh, it's one word, tenants. <laughs> it's just the one. I keep checking. Let me check again. No, yeah, it's just the one word. <laughs> and I know a lot of people, that, you know, that does scare people. You know, they're like, oh, you know, this is, you know, my investment. Um, it's something that I take pride in. Um, is someone else going to, you know, take that much pride in that, you know, sure. investment? So. Yeah. And I've had some experiences where I've had, you know, I had one tenant, he was a young kid. I was kind of in a bad situation where my tenants vacated um, before the lease, they broke their lease, they yeah. vacated, they left in December, terrible time to try to re-rent. January right. is even worse. Yep. And I had to find a tenant. I only had one application and it was a young gentleman mm-hmm. and he was never home and he had two large dogs. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and oh, so no. um, I did have an experience where the house um, was deteriorating yes. is a nice oh, okay. word for yes. it. Yes. I can imagine. I mean, luckily the house wasn't updated, so it wasn't as big of a deal. I knew when he moved out, I was going to have to renovate it anyway. Right. So it was, it in that way, it was fine. I knew I was never, his security deposit was never going to cover, cover the damage that was being done to the house. Right. And so, but I was in a bad situation. Leases should end no earlier than after spring break yep. or and until the end of October. That's my. That's your window. That's your window to renew a lease. So you're taking notes down. <laughs> <laughs> After that, it becomes challenging because right. the holidays, people don't want to move around and kids right. are in school and all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, that one, um, I, I was, I, I, I kind of feel like I got lucky just because I already knew the house had to be renovated. Yeah. Um, but the damage was pretty significant. I don't, I just personally don't allow animals in my rentals anymore. Okay. okay. Very interesting. Um. So have you had any challenges with that? Because, I mean, too, you know, we have now a lot of 
support dogs and support you yes. know, animals, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he pull, someone pulled a fast one on me. You know, I said yes to the lease. And she was like, oh, by the way, I have a, an emotional support animal. Yes. And I'm like, it was a seven-pound chihuahua. I'm not sure who was supporting who in that instance. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't as worried about the chihuahua, but it did um, it did set the stage for a dishonest relationship. Right. Because yes. she wasn't honest with it about with about that with me up front. Yeah. And once I agreed to rent the apartment to her, I could I, I couldn't or rent the unit to her, I couldn't say no because right. that's against the law. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. My answer um, was probably not something everyone else would do, but I told my leasing agent to text her leasing agent and say, and ask her point blank, is this how you would like to start our relationship? Oh, yeah. In a dishonest way. Yeah. I can't, I have to lease the property to you. Right. But I'm letting you know that this is not necessarily the way that we should start our relationship together. Yeah. And as soon as your lease is up, I'm giving you a non-renewal lease because I don't want to do business with people who are dishonest. I I think that's a great way to handle so it. So it's a little bit of a hammer. <laughs> but yes, I mean, it does, I know on our Texas applications, it does ask, you know, if you have a pet and if it, is it an emotional, there's a checkbox, mm-hmm. emotional support or not. So, you know, just like any of the occupants that are in there, I mean, if you have someone, really anyone over the age of 18 should, um, you know, it needs to fill out an application because yep. even though they're not, um, maybe they're not, financially doing it's one of a child that's an older child their background check needs to be ran correct so and that's a violation of the lease agreement you can terminate the lease if you want but stuff like that gets expensive too because now you've got to start over with rewriting the property right correct um i have had challenges with tenants i mean it's not my favorite thing to deal with so after property number two i've got a property management (laughs) (laughs) Because that's another cost that people are, you know, factoring in if they're mm-hmm. looking at, okay, I want to go into buying my first investment property mm-hmm. and they're weighing, should I hire a property manager um, or should I manage it myself? Sure. And there's, you know, there's a lot of factors to consider in there. I mean, the T- TAR, Texas Realtors website, I mean, there's a whole tech property management code that you have to right. follow, right? right? There's rules and regulations that landlords or property owners or property managers have to follow. Right. And if you don't understand what those regulations are, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble. Yes. Um, luckily, I'm in real estate, so I had access to that information, yes. right? I knew about that information. Right. But I think for me, it was, okay, house goes up for lease. Now you've got to lease it. Where, who's going to, are you, can't, I can't lease right, a property. Right. I'm not a practicing realtor, right. right? So you get the lease, then you've got to go through the background check, the application fee, who's processing all of those things. Right. And then you got to come to the lease terms, fill out the lease. Then you got to get the people in there. And then somebody's got to take care of it while they're in there. And the breaking point for me was I was sitting outside um, waiting to go in an appointment with a realtor, one of my my clients at four o'clock in the afternoon. And I get my phone starting to blow up. One of my units, the water heater busted and water's going everywhere. And the shutoff valve doesn't work. Oh, gosh. And so water is just, and I had renovated the unit. So water's just gushing everywhere. And so it's drop everything. Tell my realtor, you know, I'm, yes. I have a more than a full-time job. Right. So it just became one of those things where I knew I couldn't, I just couldn't manage it right. myself. It was a lot. It was a lot. Gotcha. There's people that do it all the time. Yeah. Um, it just wasn't in my busy professional career right. and I'm a single woman, so I yes. still have to manage my whole personal life. Right. It's just too much. It was too much. So I, I, I would say if you have a full-time job or you do, your job requires a lot of traveling, 
may want to look at a property management. But if this is your full-time job, that you're going to take this as your full-time job? Then it's different. It's a different scenario. There was one thing that I learned when my property manager took over my existing leases is there is something to someone who understands how to fill out a lease agreement. Right. And not everybody fills them out the same. And yeah. it, the people that I'd had previous because they didn't have experience, that's not a realtor's main, a traditional realtor's right. main goal. Your goal is, or your business is buying and selling houses, right? Correct. You do lease, you yes. do lease properties, yep. but it's not your main focus. Right. And so when I, when he examined all my existing leases, he had found holes that were problems in the lease that weren't to my benefit. Gotcha. And so I said, okay, once these expire, then we've got to get them all on the same right. platform, you know, filled out the same way with the same protections. Yep. And that's really important because this is a huge financial investment. It is. It is. It is. And that's, I think, the viewers looking at it is that it's a huge financial investment. So I would say your a big advice is, you know, maybe, you know, start with a property manager. Um, so then... And if you decide you get three properties and you're going to do this, you know, as a full-time job. Oh my goodness, yeah. (laughs) This would never be my full-time job. Because you remember the challenge I said, tenants. Yeah. (laughs) And not all tenants are bad. I'm not trying to say that. Please don't take that the the wrong way. I have some very lovely tenants. So now, um, but when I was first getting started, I didn't, I just didn't know. Well, let's talk about um, what you look for in a property to fit into your mold of, you know, criteria. Um, you know, a good, like an ideal investment. Sure. Obviously we're going to say location, location, location. Yeah. Well, we got to make sure it's going to rent, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I told, I, I pretty much swim in the 250 to 400 price range. Yes. Okay. Um, that's a safe price range for me because you've got to consider the amount of money you've got to put down right. and kind of what those costs are going to look like ongoing. Um, so I, and I have a huge network because of, I'm in real estate. Right. So I like off market properties and I have clients that do bring me off market properties. Yeah. The main point in that is to not getting in a bidding war and not overpay for the house. Yeah. Right? right. You don't necessarily need to be able to find properties off market. It's more like I look for properties that are under current market value that need some renovation. That's why they're not being listed right. for current market value. Right. Um, maybe not as much fit for the retail market. And there's a lot of those kind of properties out there. Mm -hmm. And then, so I'm happy to do anywhere from 10 to $50,000 worth of renovation, but I want cosmetic renovation. I'm not replacing roofs. I'm not, I I did do foundation work on one. I don't want to replace plumbing. Yeah. Um, Electrical can get really, really expensive. So I'm looking for a house that has good bones that just looks ugly. Ugly. <laughs> Let me tell you something. The one I bought the cow in the colony, that guy had a hot tub in his driveway. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Full oh. deck, everything. Like, yeah. He had converted the garage into his hangout room with a ba- then then there was a bathroom. Then he walked out right. the garage. Yes. It wasn't a garage door, he made a front door and to up his deck to his hot tub. In the oh. fr- in the front yard in the driveway. Oh gosh. I had pictures. It was terrible. Oh wow. So, but stuff like that doesn't scare me. That's a big dumpster and a crew to rip it out. Right. Yeah. And so I could see that the house was going to be a good one once it was cleaned up and, yeah. and renovated. So that's what I look for. Um, no condos or townhomes. I don't want to pay monthly HOA. It eats too much into your cash flow and no half duplexes. Gotcha. And half duplexes because somebody else owns the other side and you don't have control, complete control over the property. Right. Right. So if I need to do a roof replacement... You have to, the other person has to agree to it. 
there's a neighborhood in the colony. There's a bunch of duplexes. You walk, you drive down the street and it's different roof colors, different paint colors. Oh, exactly you can tell, you, do you yes. know what I'm yes, talking about? You can exactly. tell that yes. two people own that. Yes. And so I guess you can replace half a roof. I guess, but I mean, you do have, you know, they do butt together. So I don't know how that, you know, that shingle, unless there's a ridge there where I don't, I don't know. Well, the, I, I, I the answer is no. <laughs> so, yeah, and I prefer things not in HOA, too. Okay. Just yeah. because it's not that I don't, I love or hate HOAs. That doesn't really matter. It's somebody else is living that property, taking care of that property, right. and they're not going to take care of it the way that you are, and then you're going to hear from the HOA. Correct. Correct. So, yeah. those that's kind of the criteria that I look for. Okay. Those are, that's a good criteria. So, what um, would you say would be the three most important factors um, to be considering. So um, obviously the HOA, um, let's, you know, location. For me, it's a deal, right? Deal. I want it's it to, it's a, numbers, you know, it's a numbers game. So once I complete the renovations, when I go to do the cash out refi, I think there might be a new rule where you can only, you have to wait a year now for a cash out refi. Possibly. Yeah, I heard rumors about that. I can't con confirm or deny that, but I usually wait six months to a year to cash out refi and then I pull the cash out. So when the appraiser comes around, because the lender's going to hire an appraiser, right. I need there to be that equity in there because they're only going to let you pull out, what, 70, 80% LTV? Yes. And so I need that equity gain in there so that I have the money to pull out of it. So for example, the colony property that I bought, I bought it off market at 210. I pumped 40, 40K into it. Okay. And then it appraised six months later for, for 350,000. Oh, wow. So. So you already had quite a bit equity that you could. And I was ready to go. To yeah, you're ready for it. my cash out refund. So that's what yeah. I look for. Okay. It's yeah. the reason I'm, a, and I have a crew that does my renovations for okay. me. I don't have to micromanage them. They are, awesome. um, they know exactly what I want. White walls. I want that brownie gray um, luxury vinyl. Yes. You know, it's, we have a template of what the houses are going to look like because I know what will speak to women who are the ones that typically right. drive that. Yes. And um, so the, he does it at a very cost effective way really quickly, but his work is, it's pretty good. Every once yeah. in a while, there's a few things on the back end, but he's turning an entire, entire house for me in less than eight days. Oh, they wow. literally work around the clock. Wow. So he's quick. That means I, um, my holding costs are down. Right. Right. And so I want that, I want that off market ability to gain so yes. that I can do the cash out refi later and yep. pull out quite a bit of income without yeah, definitely. having to over, overpay for the house. Now I will tell you the Sherman house I did over, I did go into, it's against my religion, <laughs> but I went into multiple offers. I paid, I was the top bid, <clears throat> but it's Sherman. Do we all know what's about yes, to happen? What's happening yes, in Sherman? Yes, yes. I do. <laughs> well, and, and, that's, and that goes back to the rule of location. Location. So you're really looking for, you know, top location, um, you know, for it. Um, obviously a good deal that your numbers are working. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, if you do pay a little bit more and the location is, you know, it may all balance out at the end. I mean, I'm in a little bit of a negative cash flow situation but right now with the Sherman account, but I won't be. No, it, at long term. And that's the other thing is um, when you're buying these um, investment properties, you're looking at a long term um, scenario versus that, oh, you know, I'll probably only be living in it for, you know, three to five years. You're sure. looking at this as an investment that I may have, you know, I have 
clients that have investment properties, you know, that's bottom when I started real estate. So they've owned them for 20 years. Yep. And so it is a long-term investment. It is. Well, thank you so much. I know I learned so much. Oh, good. And I'm so glad. Enjoy and cheers, cheers to success in 2023. Oh, thank you so much for having me on the show today, Kimberly. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple and Spotify, as well as Kimberly's YouTube channel. If you'd like to contact Kimberly directly, you can email her at KimberlyWoodard at Ebby.com or call 214-632-2092. We hope you enjoyed our guest this week. And remember, don't just love your home, love your community.